Welcome to Everything Co-op, bringing you information on how cooperatives can help improve your quality of life. This show is being sponsored by the National Co-op Bank, NCB. The NCB is dedicated to strengthening communities nationwide for the delivery of banking and financial services for the nation's cooperatives, their members, and other socially responsible organizations. For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Everything Co-op. This is Vernon Oaks, and we have two great guests with us this morning. We have Joanne Leshashur and Zoraida Hoffman. We're going to talk about the Global Innovation Co-op Summit that's going to be in Montreal, Canada, September 27th, 28th, and 29th of this year. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, let's start off by getting to know a little bit about each of you. So, Joanne, um, what what do you do now, <laughs> now as it, particularly as it relates to this summit? Yeah, now I'm the one of the co-founders of the Global Innovation Co-op Summit. We start this journey just before COVID, but now we're getting quite, I will say, quite better. It's it's going well. So I'm one of the co-founders. Fantastic, fantastic. And how did you get into the co-op world? Did you start off by getting it in school or your family? (laughs) Family, yes, because when I was uh, really young, my father was a member of a food co-op. And also we had mutual insurance. So it's been a long time. And when I start school, we had what we call in Quebec, Les Caisses uh, Scolaires, uh, that was founded in 1907, quite long. And it was for us to learn how to, um, to, to spare money, but also the, also our co-op work. So th- that was great. So this is my youth background. And after I worked to, for um, Desjardins Group, financial group, for twi- almost 28 years. And the last years I was working with them, they uh, asked me if I would like to organize the Quebec Summit that we had then, 2012, 14, and 16. I said, yes, why not? And this is where I start to be really more, um, I will say, involved helping and organizing and bring co-op together just to have the possibility to 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 work together to do business together to see what is the major trends and so on so this all brought me to create with my other colleagues this global innovation co-op summit okay so I just want to go back a little bit because you're in Montreal. You grew up in Montreal, Canada? No. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Rimouski. This is in the lower St. Lawrence River, okay? And then I moved in, in the area of Quebec City. 
I live in Livy. Livy is where the first Caisse Populaire was built actually in 1900. So it's, it's been a long time. So I'm living in Rimouski. I, w I was working for Desjardins Group. I have two major centers, uh, Livy, and the other one is in Montreal, but I always work in, in Livy, okay. but moving around. So what I want to get to, though, is what, what excites me about what I heard you say about your background is you went to school and you learned about co-ops in school. Now, that yeah. doesn't happen so much in the U.S. So is that something in Canada where, where young people can go to school to learn about the cooperative? And you said managing money. Yeah, it's more. It's not because I learned... Uh, you know, it was, I was, I don't know how we say it in English, the, uh, the, the first year we go in school, second year, and really the first, first part, okay? Uh, Desjardins Co-op already had, had created those case scolaires. So to, just to show us how to spare money and how we deposit, and it was just coppers then, one cent, ten cents, five cents, because mm. And, and this, we, that long, so they were educating us on this part. So, and then because, as I said, my father and mother was using already co-ops for food and co-ops for insurance, I was taught about this kind of model where it's bring more people together. So this was more the way I start to be closer of co-ops. Fantastic. It's really young. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, I didn't learn about co-ops. I think I was 55 years old when I learned about co-ops. So that's why I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> when I hear somebody at, at a younger age. What it would have been like in the first grade in elementary school is the word you're looking for. I could have learned about money. I mean, we, we, yes. we spend money, but we don't teach money. And have something to know about how we work together, uh, save together, make money together, solve community problems together in a very early age. I just, yeah, that, that excites me. Uh, I would like to see more of that happen throughout the world, particularly here in the U.S. So, but Zerata, let's go to you. How did you get into this co-op world? I, not when I was a child, that's for sure. I got into the co-op movement a little over 10 years ago. And it was through the American Electric Co-op movement here in the U.S. through an international organization called NRECA International, which is a, a, an, a an entity of NRECA. And I think you know the organization well, Vernon. And NRECA International's mission is to bring electricity to rural communities around the world um, through the co-op model when possible. So I've been very fortunate that I got to travel to very remote parts of the world in different countries to see how the electric co-op model has helped communities and also to go into and tell and to tell their stories, really, and to also go into communities where they don't have electricity yet and how the co-ops, uh, how an electric co-op is going to help them. So I've seen co-op development at its core which is fantastic, and it's and seeing how the community will come together to form a co-op, basically. So moving on from that, I got introduced to the larger uh, co-op movement, uh, the international co-op movement, through the International Cooperative Alliance, where I was the interim communications director for about six months. All happened during COVID, which was a little crazy. 
And that is how I met Joanne, um, because I subsequently managed the communications for the World Cooperative Congress in Seoul, Korea, in December 2021. And um, it was amazing because my uh, network of people that I've gotten to meet, of the community, um, has grown. And it's and because we're co-op people, right? So we still stick together. We know each other. And Joanne and I have become friends. And of course... She and her co-founders came up with this idea and she pulled me in and say, hey, you want to work with me? And of course, I said yes, because yes. I can never say no to Joanne. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so this is how she and I have come together. And, and I'm, I still work on with I'm very fortunate because I still work with other co-ops because I am an independent consultant. But we're leading up to Montreal now. So Joanne and I speak to each other daily and trying to make sure that this uh, event goes well. So, so that's a short story. NRECA, National Rural Electric Cooperative uh, Association uh, for the U.S., and then they have this international group. Mm -hmm. So we have a mutual friend in Dr. Martin Lowry, who has yes, been on the do. show several times. Yep. And as a matter of fact, I met him at the U.N. Was it 2012 was the U.N. declared uh, yep. 2012 year of, co year of cooperatives, correct. And so we had a meeting in 2011 at the U.N., and Martin came up and started talking to me. And he has threatened to take me to one of these international uh, communities when they turn the lights on. And he, and he said on air how these, these linemen, the guys that put the poles in a lineup, these big brawly guys, will come back with tears in their eyes when those lights get turned. They tell a story of these lights getting turned on and what that does for the people. Because we, we just take true. electricity for granted here. Yes, we do. Uh, and, and, and I have to say that the, the volunteer program is part of what NRC International does. In fact, it's a, it's a small part of what they do, but a very important and visible part because that's how the American electric co-ops get tied into the international mission. And I have been um, a few times to see the lights get turned on. And Vernon, I have to say, since I've worked with NRC International, I have never seen more grown men cry. Okay. So, <laughs> yes. So, Martin is indeed correct. <laughs> I would probably be one of those grown men crying when Perhaps. you see people, yes. as Martin described it, uh, you see people so excited to have light in at night or dust or dark uh, so yeah. they don't have to read by candlelight or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, so that has really formed my foundation for uh, the love for co-ops because I've seen at a very, very ground level on how um, that light bulb, and I know pun intended, but that light bulb goes off in their head about, you know what, this, this can really help us. So it's been, it's been a great journey for me. Fantastic. So let's now talk about Global Innovation Co-op Summit. And what is your role, Zorada, in the summit? So my role is, um, in, in the simplest terms, communications. Um, I, I provide all the communications support for Joanne and the team. And unofficially, I say that uh, my an important role for me is to help Joanne and the team um, really get their message across and to really um, help the world or the co-op world and co-op friends, not just co-ops, understand the important and really cool stuff that they're doing. That's in the simplest terms. That's what I. That's my job. Okay. And to have fun. And to have fun. And to have. Yeah. Fun. Joanne, what's the theme of the summit? The theme of this, uh, the, the, 
Okay, the main theme actually is uh, about act now for a circular and uh, digital future, the cooperative way. We want to do it the cooperative way, that's it. And why act? It's because um, our last event in Paris, our uh, participants and also our advisory group said, okay, we should stop to just talk and just listen. We should start really to act on something. So that's why in Montreal, this is what we will try to achieve with the participant. It's to act. So, and why circular? Why wait, wait. digital? We, we can't get in there right now. We're going to okay. take our first break. And <laughs> you got it. Act now to lead a circular and digital future, the cooperative way. We'll be right back, everybody. We'll talk more about this, what, what, that, what that's all about and what this summit will look like. We'll be right back. Please don't touch that dial. News Talk 1450 WOLAM, where information is power. Welcome back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks. The program is Everything Cooperative. We have Joanne <laughs> Lecture-Sure and Zoraida Hoffman. Our, our guest today, and we're talking about a summit that's going to happen in Montreal at the end of this month, the Global Innovation Co-op Summit. And the theme, which Joanne told us about right before we took break, is to act now. And she said they this came out of the conference in Paris that didn't want a summit where people just got up and talked and folks took notes and got up and left. They wanted to get to where people will act now in sort of a leadership role on the circular economy and digital future, the cooperative way. Okay, so how do we, this is, this is how you came up with your theme and what you're doing. Uh, Joanne, how does, what does this, um, To me, you're trying to get a lot accomplished. How are you going about, um, how have you set up the conference? What I'm trying to get to is you having plenary segments, okay? What's the first group of, of segments that you're going to be talking about? It would be about the, the circular, okay? So... Uh, because it's something that people wants to air or wants to do to act on this. This is what you know. At the back of of our uh, of the uh, our team of the founders, we, as I said, we have this uh, um, advisory group, but we also have a scientific team. One of them is Rafael Ziegler, who worked for HSC. HSC being our co-host of our event. And what is really important now is to talk about circular economy and what is happening on the world for uh, all the environment problems that we're having. So this first segment, we will go just deeping in this to just to understand, to see what is coming up, what cooperatives are doing, what they should do, and so on. And after this major theme that is uh, um, let's get circular, we gonna split 
and four uh, four sessions actually four workshops where we're gonna deepen a little bit more the themes themselves. And okay? before you go into the workshops, I would like to talk a little bit about those. Uh, but Zoraida, can you tell us what, what what do you mean by circular? What what is this circular? The circular economy. Yes. Um, is to basically, well, it is closely tied to the sustainable development goals, right? Uh, to make sure that we all, well, to use the word again, to act um, in our lives, whether personal or professional, in our business, um, in a way that can uh, really lessen the impact, negative impact on the environment, whether it's uh, recycling, whether it's uh, reusing, whether it's, as well, what I've learned also is to refuse um, to, you know, to um, lessen uh, the what we put into the landfill um, and to really incorporate that into your business plans and your operations. Um, and, and it sort of starts at the top, but it really does have to be, for all of us to be part of the circular economy, we really have to incorporate this into our lives. Um, on my level, you know, and we all do this, you know, we separate our trash, um, we get things recycled from a business level to make sure that they don't create a, create a more negative impact on the environment. So all these sessions, if you look at the program, uh, whether it's the plenary or the workshops, it really dives into different parts of the circular energy, whether it's a community, whether it's energy, um, education, which I know you're pretty um, into. Um, and I, th does that answer the question or at least give a little yeah. more clarity? It, the circular economy, um, to me, I'm looking, I look at you go out into the woods and you cut down a tree. Mm -hmm. And then you take that tree into a plant and you make uh, boards out of them, two by fours. And then you take that two by four and you build a house. And then people live in that house. And at some point, the house gets old or something and you take the house down. Then what do you do with those two by fours? Do you take them to the landfill or do you reuse them? Do you What do you do with it so that you, you call a carpenter friend, say, hey, you know, why don't you build some tables from this? Or let's build a shed in the backyard. Or, you know, sometimes, the, especially from the old houses, right, Vernon, these, the wood is, uh, you know, of high quality and still very reusable. So, you know, just, just don't burn it and toss it in the landfill. Just keep it going. I'll give you another example. Cell phones, right? We all have our cell phones, and our kids always want new ones. Um, so and instead of making phones, as an example, potentially from a business standpoint, instead of having companies just reissuing these new phones, you know, why not make them last longer? Um, why not, you know, create better technology so they can do different things and so, you know, the batteries or whatever it does that goes into a, a phone. So instead of having more phones into the landfill, how about we make them better quality so they last longer? That's just one example. And people are taking their phones now. Some people are, you, you can send them to places and then they will refurbish them and either Correct. reuse them. Uh, uh, yeah. the people sell them at a cheaper price and reuse them. This sort of reusing, recycling, that's the circular part to me. And, and refusing. I, and what? And refusing, meaning saying, I don't need a new phone. Uh, yeah, well, I like that one too. Uh, but, but, 
and on my example of going to the woods and cutting down a tree, it is also replacing that tree by by planting another tree, so that you're always this cycle is always happening. Um, because when you cut down the trees, all kinds of things can happen with mudslides and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, um, there's a lot we can do in this circular. And so what you're doing, let's talk about some of the sessions now. Um, I know who who would like to talk about some like let's get circular or address a just transition to the circular economy. Uh, what what kinds of things do you hope to get accomplished? And what I really want to get to is how do you get to act now? That that part of this you're, you're having these sessions, but then how, what do you expect people to do when they get this information? Okay, just to take an example, and Zoraida maybe you can complete also with your own because Zoraida will yep. be also facilitating of the, se the session in this main team about uh, let's get circular. But if we take as an example, the first one, circular uh, business model for co-ops, okay? It will happen in the same time. We have four parallel sessions. So we have four, four different temps that will be um, going in the same time, okay? I will say it this way, okay? So, if we take like circular business model for cooperative, uh, our uh, friend and co-host Rafael Ziegler will be with his, his group. They will be presenting what is the, the main models uh, actually and um, how uh, do they support intercooperation inter because this is also something that we always want to look in. Our co-ops can work together to, to, to create more circular economy. Okay. So it will be digging this. There will be panelists, two, three panelists. In this case, he have three with himself and he will dig in more just to bring out the example. Uh, what is the trends? Uh, what should we focus on? What is our, the model that are working now? Okay. So, and they will have like maybe, uh, 30 minutes to just bring out all what they have to say on this. And then people are going to get to work together. The participants, they will be sat around tables and they will discuss among themselves, but they will be not, they will be guided. There will be um, a table leader that will help mm -hmm. them, guide them with questions, ask what came out from what the people, what the panelists just said? What came out from this? What is the real issue that we have? Do we have those own issues in our country or in our co-op or in our region, depending? Okay. And um, what is the leverage that we heard some of the leverage by the panelists? But us, what leverage do we have? How can we use them? How can we participate together to make better leverage of it, okay? And and finally, uh, what is the opportunity that we think the, those are those participants that will be set together? Is there opportunities that we can work more together from one country to the other country? Is there a way for us to do more together, to cooperate with other co-ops, but could be also with non-co-ops because we know that 
we are an ecosystem. We need to work together. So this is what we want to bring out, those discussions. And then the facilitator of the, all the, 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 the workshop. workshop will come back on stage with the other facilitator of the other workshops just to bring out, I like a few ideas. And from all the work that we, we know, we have, we will have all together 12 workshops, 12 possibilities. So all this will be made as a report that we're going to give back to co-op so they can have something to take away and work with. And eventually what we want, and probably you're going to ask me the question later on, but we're going to try to create also community of practice. Okay. Great place to stop right now. And when we come back, Zareda, I would like for you to talk about your session and what sure. you hope to get out of that. We'll be right back. Please don't touch that down. News Talk 1450 WOLAM, where information is power. Welcome back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks. Program is Everything Co-op. And we have Zareda Hoffman and Joanne on with us today talking about the Global uh, Innovation Co-op Summit, which is going to happen in Montreal at the end of this month, September 27th, 28th, and 29th. And before we took the break, uh, Joanne was explaining circular economy in one of the panel discussions. So the it's going to be Zerada. It will be leading a facilitator of one of these panels. So, Zerada, can you tell us what is this panel and what you expect that will come out of that so people can go home and act now? Well, we can hope that they will really get excited about stuff, right? So, one of the I'm hosting two different sessions, and uh, the one of the one of the sessions is a plenary session, not a workshop, um, as as to what Joanne was explaining earlier. And this is more of a high level discussion about um, that really covers the circular economy, which which relates to the UN's Sustainable Development Goals. And there are oh, Joanne, correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's 17 of them, um, and the goal is for these Sustainable Development Goals to be achieved in completed by 2030 and I believe this year the UN will be um, discussing where we are in the midpoint um, if my brain serves me correctly so the session one of the plenary uh, sessions that I'll be uh, facilitating is titled uh, uh, to how co-ops can propel their leadership how can they use the cooperative leadership to use a, a tool that um, this particular group has developed called the Sustainable Development Performance Indicators. And it sounds very academic, but really what it is, is just a way to measure how the, S, how the Sustainable Development Goals um, or how co-ops and how organizations really can measure how they're doing and how they're achieving the Sustainable Development Goals. So. On this particular panel, we have um, one, two, three, four people who are very much involved in producing reports and publishing reports on these, uh, on the SDPIs. I hate using acronyms, but it is a mouthful. The Sustainable Development Performance Indicators. 
Um, and the discussion will be, I hope, um, will be their thoughts and views about where we are um, and where co-ops are and how co-ops can really not just do this, make it better for other co-ops, but also for the community as a whole. Um, uh, what is coming up uh, for the future? Um, and also, hopefully, to ask some questions. You know, people will ask questions about what else can people do? Um, so that sort of in a nutshell. And, Joanne, I, I, I may not be covering it all, but, you know, this is – so feel free to add in. But this is sort of generally – and I'm excited about it because this happened in Paris as well. Um, and I believe it was Paul Hazen from OCDC who said that, you know, and we all know this. Vernon, you've said this too, I'm sure, is that SDGs and what it represents is really part of the co-op DNA. Co-ops, it's just naturally, this is what we do. We take care of the planet. We take care of our community. We take care of our people. That's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and to, to the, the second panel um, that I'm facilitating is tied to this, and it's tied to one of the SDGs, and of course, I can't remember which one it is now, is to do with energy, um, is to be able to provide access to energy to people. And so the title of that um, session is uh, Community Energy. And as I said earlier when I was introducing myself, um, the world of electricity or energy is dear to my heart um, because I've seen how electricity can really impact people's lives. But what's interesting about this particular panel is um, uh, is it has, it's, it's not just to talk about, you know, I mean, people think about energy and the circular economy or sustainable development goals. They automatically go to renewable energy. That's the best way to go. You know, whether it's solar, whether it's um, hydro, um, that's automatically what people go to. And and one of my panelists will be Dan Waddle, who is the Senior Vice President for NRC International. He was also um, one of the Cooperative Hall of Fame inductees from last year for his work. Um, but the other two panelists that I have are very different from his background. Um, uh, Michaela Cryer is from Unity. Um, and she's involved in community-owned energy in the UK, so from a you know a developed country, and um, and I have um, to round it out is Thomas Balance from the and he's uh, from he's a professor come from the Netherlands, so he's coming from the academic background to explore these things. So it's going to be I'm, what I'm hoping to achieve from this is really the uh, the discussion about. Yes, renewable energy is definitely the way to go because, you know, climate change mm-hmm. is real. But also, it's not entirely possible all the time for all people. And um, in countries where Dan and his team work, you know, in many countries in Africa, um, in South Central America and in Asia, uh, places that I've been to, renewable energy is certainly the goal, but it's not often, it's not, afford- it's not the best or affordable way so people to for people to get electricity to get them out of poverty, for instance. So it's a it's a very interesting balance. So take that into the workshops. You know, I I'm really curious to see how because we really don't know how it's going to go, right? We don't know what kind of people, what kind of questions they have, and so you know, from a realistic standpoint, I hope people can really take away something concrete to address the reality of the challenges, not just, hey, renewable energy is the best way to go for everybody. So we'll see. We'll so see it is. Happens. I hope that answers the question. Depending on what part of the world they're at, what, what their economy's like. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. They might need fossil fuel. Uh, exactly. And if they're someplace else, they may need wind turbines or 
um, solar panels? It, all, it depends on where they're at and what they're trying to do to bring out of poverty to help the their economy, to help the people in their economy. And so you don't know what people are going to come up with. So you can't tell me now what tasks people are going to act now on because that will no. be developed in each of the sessions. Yes. No, but I can tell you what I hope for, okay. and I'll speak for myself on my session, is because of my background in having been exposed to um, energy access. Um, uh, you know, that's where I started, right? Mm -hmm. And then, then having been exposed to the, the bigger cooperative movement where people work really hard to get renewable energy in homes and in communities. Um, so it, it would, for me, my hope is for somehow there's an overlap and, and a lot of times it could be funding, for instance, right? In, in many countries in Africa who, you know, who need electricity, um, to build a co-op. One of the biggest challenges is funding because the, co the electric co-op model is not, it's, it, it takes a long time for co-ops to show success. So maybe there are ideas that can, you know, and, and potential uh, sources for funding or, you know, just ideas on how to help people sort of get more on the level playing field, I guess. That's okay. my hope. Okay. Um, so, but you're right. Don't know. We'll have to see. Yes, but what I got from what you want in those uh, developing countries, under-resourced countries, uh, that maybe there's some funding mechanisms that could happen so that, like NRECA or the Rural Electric Co-ops in the U.S. that got started in the 30s, the U.S. government did the funding, and they Absolutely. got paid back. They got paid back. Yeah. Um, but how might there be some funding that would come out of this in such a way that these developing countries could get the electricity or the energy they need um, and pay that back. But it'll take a while. It won't happen. Oh, absolutely. And through the co-op model. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Oh, model. definitely not. Yeah. yeah, because then you get into the the, the long process of regulatory, uh, you know, issues. And But, yes. But at the very minimum, we can talk about it and so, see what people have to say. So there's energy. But you're also going to be looking at circular in, in health and in housing. Uh, mm -hmm. You're covering a lot, Joanne. You've got a lot going on here. <laughs> that's Joanne. <laughs> and that's all in the circular economy. Let's talk a little bit about, um, and maybe, Zareda, you can speak to the digital part about it. What, what are you trying to get at in the digital world well this is this is a tricky one isn't it joanne because oh i, I wouldn't say tricky that's a negative way to describe it I, I always say that people talk about digital being the future i think digital is here yes. today um it's i mean look at us now you know um uh the idea there it's not to get i, I will say what is the best from the digital. But in the same time, we, need, we know that with AI uh, and artificial intelligence, uh, it could be tricky. So this is things that we need to discuss among ourselves in co-ops. It would, could impact our governance. It could impact the way we do business. It's impacting, actually. As Zoraida said, we are in it now. 
It's not just the future. We are in it now, but we need to work to make sure that it will not impact us negatively, but really use what is the best in this. So this is what is about this digital, all this this uh, section of the program. We, we need to, to, to discuss among ourselves to push it more and, and to see what we can do with it. Okay. Well, we're in it, like you said, we're on Zoom. Uh, I'm in, <laughs> yeah. in my apartment uh, in my co-op unit in D.C. And uh, I've got a piece of equipment that goes directly to the radio station. So it, it could sound like I'm in the studio. And yep. you all are, your audio is going into a mixer. And then that mixer takes it over to this piece of equipment that takes it to the studio. It's all, it's all technology. It, we so, use, yep. We're doing it now. Yeah. So I, I and I'd like to add to that. I mean, COVID forces all. I mean, we were good, we were getting there, right? Mm-hmm. But COVID just made us get there faster. Faster. Yeah. We had to much faster. But but what I've heard from people too, because again, you know, I'm in the world of communication. I write a lot, and I write about stuff. Oh, I have to write about stuff I don't know much about. So I do a lot of the research and I talk to people. Um. And, and the issue of governance and engagement is interesting to me because I'm all about, you know, engagement. How do you engage your co-op pe- members? You know, how do you get people closer together? And, and the digital uh, channels has made it possible, yet at the same time also it could be a negative side to that, right? So, and, and some people have different opinions about, you know, whether it's good or bad. Um, from a governance standpoint, I, I can't completely wrap my head around that yet either because, you know, we have our general assemblies, we have our meetings, we have, you know, in person, and, and that's what co-op communities are all about, you know. In, but, you know, there are positive and negatives to that as well. So I, I think um, it's going to be really interesting for people to finally just come out and, you know, and share and what the challenges might be. Again, it also depends what kind of co-op you are. Um, and what you do to support your community. So, um, and, and of course, the artificial intelligence stuff, I well, mean, it's been you, around for a while. Before you go to AI, I, yeah. I want to go back and make sure it's clear when you talk about governance, you're talking about the governance of the co-op. Okay, because well, here in the U.S., we just had the Republican debate, and they're talking about the governance. And so when you first said governance, I'm going to political part but no you're oh, talking no. about no, 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 no. the governance Correct. of yes. the business of the co-op. The co-op business. oh absolutely i mean it's yeah. a model the how what cooperative governance models you know how is that going to change if because if there is people elected uh where all the those those elections work when they decide who is coming in and all and all about also uh what we are with COVID just now, Zoraida's told it, uh, you know that most co-ops could not have their meeting together, they could not see each other, so they had to put in a digital way to, to, to still work together, to still take decisions together and protect those decisions. And this is also all the part about our co-ops have uh, some data. How do we protect those data now. So this is about the governments of co-ops. Of co-ops. <laughs> of co-ops. Okay. <laughs> so 
what we've talked about so far is the leadership of co-ops and in the circular economy and digital world that that we live in now and what the future will look like. Uh, So we're going to take our final break. And when we come back, I really want to talk about this act now. It's the future part of this. What, what, What can you see and how will you work to make sure that people are acting and that we are directing our future, not just letting it happen? We'll be right back. News Talk 1450 WOLAM, where information is power. Welcome back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks, and the program is Everything Co-op. We're talking about the Global Innovation Co-op Summit, which is going to be happening in Montreal at the end of this month. And, ladies, the National Co-op Bank has been our sponsor for 10 years. This coming October, we will be 10 years on air, and NCB has been our financial sponsor and main cheerleader and always introducing us to people and, and trends in the co-op world. Uh, NCB's mission is to support and be an advocate for America's cooperatives and their members, especially in low-income communities, by providing innovative financial and related services. So, Joanne, I know you're in Canada and Zerada, you're in the U.S. and you started off in NRECA, and I know NRECA and NCB uh, work together. And a lot of this conference, you're talking about Principle 6, cooperation among co-ops. And Chuck Snyder, before he passed, he was the president of NCB. He had a P6 sort of group uh working on how we how we get together. So when you start talking future, Joanne, how do you see getting that the information out of this conference will help cooperators work together, this P6, cooperation among co-ops? Actually, you know, the idea of creating this uh, event came from the idea that people still need, co-ops still need to meet, to discuss, and build things together. It, it's it's the base, okay? So it, it starts with this simple idea. But then uh, that, because in, when we had this Quebec summit, people was were meeting and, and they could build new business together now. So they, they came back and they asked us, why don't you do this? So we said, yes, we're gonna try. So that is what we are building now. But from there, they, they want, they really want to act. So this idea of acting come from, uh, from the, the, the way we will act. It will be actually, as we said, we create those workshops for people pack together, really talk and decide and see what they can do. They can meet, but we're going to have those reports. And what we really want to create after is those community of practice organize that will help people from if I say I am in Japan and this other lady is in Australia and this other one is in Canada and we think that is really important to talk about 
let's say uh, we will organize collectively. I find this this idea of Australia is a good idea. How can I do what they're doing? How can I adapt what they are doing? So this community of practice will bring people together and start to build maybe new ideas to try to help to promote more what co-ops can do among themselves, what they can do in other countries, what how they can help each other. So this is the, the way for us to build the future, to bring out what was said, to bring people, to try to bring people to work together, to, to push even where, what we're doing, and at our next event, then what was, what will be built or what will be said in those community of practice, then we can bring in our next event. Okay. What is, what is moving now? What people said? What is happening? So we're going to always bring those new ideas to our cooperative, our sectors, because it's not just a specific sector. It's all the sector, health, housing, agriculture, food, and everything. So this will be the way for us to try to help to support the future activities that co-ops want to do. Okay, the next event. This one is September 2023. So will it be 2024 or 2025? Probably 2025 because, you know, to build one program like we're doing now, it's take time. Mm -hmm. It's take time to identify the content. It's take time to identify the panelists to work with us. And what we want to do between is create those community practice. So this will also give us fuel for our next event. So this is the way we're going to link those. But next year, we're going to probably work more on the community of practice to bring people together at one other level. And not necessarily physically, but more like, uh, I will say virtually, okay, through uh, webinars or, or things, uh, or as we do a Zoom or anything, those kind of I would say technology way to, to bring people together and we're going to build on this. So, Zareda, when you take yeah. your energy example and you, you're, in this, you're in this panel and you all are discussing things, you'll come up with tasks that people in Japan or Australia or Canada or anywhere else, Africa, Latin America, of things that people can do. Okay, so mm -hmm. this this is... I don't know how many you come up with, one, two, five, different things that people can do. Mm -hmm. What do you see once you get these tasks that people can do? How do you see people reporting back or working together either in 2024 or in preparation of a conference in 2025? What do you see the future looking like? How do you, how do you, and how do you direct that? Well, how, how about we take the first step first, right? Which is after when, when all these hopefully fantastic ideas come at the end of the 90 minutes, um, and I'm going to have to wrap my head around all that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take whatever it is, and I think Joanne said this earlier, we're going to go report back to a plenary session mm -hmm. with the other, the other facilitators, right? right? And we're going to present. Right. The, my five and their two or their whatever it is. And then at the end of the event, there will be 
a report on everything, right? And Joanne, you got to help me out here. So the, the report here then will outline all the different tasks that people can do. So in my session, in the workshop session, let's say we have 20, 30 attendees and they're interested in the energy section of, of the conference, let's just say. So they will take what comes from that part of the report and and let's say um, you know somebody needs funding or somebody needs ideas on how to in- implement more renewable or community energy, they can take from that and, and go home and say, "Hey, we have this problem. Let's. This is how we can fix it." So that ideally, right? I'm simplifying it quite a bit, I think. But Joanne, I think that's um, ideally what people will do, and then continue to talk to each other through this community of practice, and then in two years. Hopefully they'll say this is what we did, or this didn't work, or this was fantastic. You know, either way. But the whole point of thing is to just keep it going, and um, and stop talking, just doing. I think is so, basically what so, we're hoping. So the rater from what I got from you, if if your group came up with five things that they wanted to implement, you would have this, and there would be a report, there would be a panel discussion. So you would present out what you all have come up with. Then people will go go do. They go out. Hopefully. Okay. And maybe in these communities of practitioners, this this practice, this mm-hmm. communities of action people, um, mm-hmm. there may be some reports back on here's what we've accomplished. This is what we tried. We accomplished this. We didn't accomplish that. This is what we found out. These are lessons learned. So that when you develop your conference for 2025, Joanne, you and the founders, uh, when you do this for 2025, you have this data to start off your conference and to set up your panels and all of that. You'd already have something set up. Is that yeah. did, did I get that right, Zareda and Joanne? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And Joanne, who are some of the founders? You're one of the founders of this. Who else? Yeah, the other founders. We uh, actually we have Jean-Louis Bancel is a French guy from Paris. He's former president of Crédit Coopératif, who works a lot and uh, they support a lot of uh, new ideas, innovative ideas. And now uh, we have also Luis Branco. Luis is the CEO of Wex Business, who organized every year a huge event in Brazil for co-ops. Uh, the World Co-op Management, okay? And it's a lot of, I think it's over 1,000 participants every year. So, and they bring speakers from everywhere. And then we have uh, Christina Procopio, who is the former head of uh, communication for the World Expo that was organized before with with the collaboration of ICA. And uh, also my friend, (laughs) uh, Stéphane Bertrand, Stéphane was the general director of uh, the Quebec Summit. We work along together. We are good friends. And uh, we are the, the, the five founders. Okay. That's it. And uh, the would you give people the web page if they want to register? What, where do they go register? You can find everything you need to know about how to register, how to get there, and a travel guide on the website, which is globalinnovation.coop or .coop Um, and everything is easily accessible that way. Ladies, thank you so very much for sharing with us. That looked exciting. Uh, If there's any way I could get there, I will see you guys on the 27th. If not, I'll get those reports. 
or go to yep. globalinnovation.coop. Thank you, everybody. And Thank you, Vernon. We'll see you next Thursday. Please live cooperatively. News Talk 1450 WOLAM, where information is power.